In our sermons that uh, we have been doing the last few weeks, uh, we've been doing the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus uh, presented. And it's interesting as we look at each of the different topics that Jesus would have gone through on that um, very, in, uh, as it were, an, an inaugural day of setting forth um, the interpretation of, of God upon all these different topics and subjects that the people of Israel were very familiar with, but had been taken completely off course. I mean, the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the religious leaders, had totally missed the boat, um, misguided the scriptures and misguided the things that God had instituted for the children of Israel and their worship of God. And, and one of the things of today's lesson is fasting. Now, often we don't hear about that, but prayer and fasting always go together in the scriptures. And I, I was thinking, well, well, I'll just jump on this and spend a few minutes and move on to the next subject. But once I was going over it and starting to develop it, it has a, it has a ability to have enough information to help us understand what prayer and fasting is all about. Fasting like forgiveness. Remember in the Lord's Prayer, forgive as you have been forgiven? Well, it's what, whenever we do that forgiveness that God wants us to forgive other people, um, it isn't like conditional. It isn't a conditional prayer that says God, that God tells us, I'm forgiving you, now you forgive them. If you don't, then I'm not going to forgive you. It's not saying that at all. What, it, what it's saying for us is, Whenever we forgive other people, it's denying our common ground as sinners. <laughs> you know, in, in the, the old nature that we have, the sin nature, the fallen nature, has, um, has this ground level with other people. And the sinful nature says, don't forgive, get even. <laughs> the sinful nature says, you can get back at them. You can plot and scheme and you can hurt them like they hurt you. But God says, forgive others as I have forgiven you. So we are reflecting what God has given to us. And so we are um, pushing away from that common ground of, of our sinful nature with people who do not know Christ, that we are pushing away from that nature and pulling upon the spiritual nature that God has imparted into us, that we are born again, we are born anew, that the, we have a spiritual birth on the inside, and that spiritual birth says, forgive, forgive others as you have experienced God's forgiveness in your life. So it's complete and total forgiveness so that nothing would stand between God and I. Well, in the same token, forgiving other people is allowing nothing to stand between you and them. So we are being reflective of what happens in our relationships with people as what God is in reflecting his relationship with us. So forgiveness then is uh, aligning ourselves then with God's nature. Unforgiveness is aligning ourselves with the sinful nature. So we see that fasting and, and like forgiveness is aligning ourselves with God's nature. If you fully obey the Lord your God, you will follow his commandments. And this was in Deuteronomy chapter 28, and I didn't give this to you, but <laughs> that's all right. I just wanted to read a couple of verses because there's a number of verses that are kind of squished together here. 
But it says, if you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow his commands, you will be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. So there is a command given to us by Christ that we are to fast. Now, fasting, well, let's back up just a little bit before we get into that. Whenever you are obeying the commands of God and following them, uh, it is setting ourselves up to experience the blessings of God. Now, I don't, I don't think that there's anyone who doesn't want to be blessed. <laughs> Anybody says, God, I, don't, I have enough. I don't want any more blessings from you. I can't take any more. Okay. I don't think there's anybody here. All right, good. I was just checking. I want to make sure you were... Amen. Thank you. So, so we are living in obedience and integrity, and we are looking at how that God is going to unlock the provisions of heaven and pour them into our lives. That we are identifying ourselves and opening ourselves up that we are separating our fallen nature from the sinful nature and aligning ourselves with the spiritual nature which is in Christ. That we are new creations in Christ Jesus. Old things pass away, behold all things become new. So we have this new identity we have this new relationship with God. We have this place of oneness with Christ, that we are one with him and he is one with us. And so whenever we see how that God is at work in our life, we see ourselves listening, <laughs> obeying, doing the, the right things for the right reasons. So can we see ourselves in a position where we are going to be blessed, where we are going to... Uh, Deuteronomy talks about that you will, be, you will be so blessed that you will lend and not borrow. You will be so blessed that God is going to, no matter where you go, in the city or out of the city, no matter where you're at, you're blessed. Whether you go in or out, no matter whether you're, you're and, and later on we'll read it perhaps, the, your, your pan that you, you collect the, the harvest in, God will bless the pan and it will be full. So whatever we're doing, we're looking for God to bless. Well, as we see um, God working in our life and we're fully obedient to the Lord our God, it's easy for us to ask God for forgiveness, but it's difficult then for us to forgive others because that's kind of like where our nature is. So whenever we are wanting to be blessed by God, we let go of worry and God will fill us with peace. See, Our old nature, our new nature. We say no to the inferiority and God will fill us with confidence. That we feel the, the nature, our nature says we're not good enough. While the spiritual nature says to us that God will give us confidence. That we'll have confidence to go forward in our daily life. That we release the guilt that is associated with doing wrong and we will receive the forgiveness and we will receive freedom that goes with our spiritual life. Resist complaining, <laughs> okay? We will resist complaining, and God will give us gratitude. We'll be grateful. So every, and we're recognizing, the scripture says that every good thing we have is a gift from God. So God is working on our life. So what we are doing then is we are discovering your God-given identity. God-given identity. Well, we take our picture and put, you know, pull out our license plate, our license plate, pull out our driver's license. You know, I have my license plate in my back pocket here. 
we pull out our license, there's your name, there's your identity. Well, we know that that's not going to be good enough, and we're going to have to get a special license that will be, will duplicate or will be able to travel with. It's almost like a, what is a passport? What's that? Like a passport. Yeah, there's a, there's a new ID coming out. So whenever we would look at that and say, this is my true identity, and God says, no, the true identity is the one that I see. And the one that God sees is different than the one that everybody else sees and even the one that we see. Because God knows what he created us, why he created us, for what, who we are and what we are to do. And we haven't got there yet. So we're in the process of becoming. And so we are to discover our God-given identity and remember who you were created by. You were created by God. So, well, what does this have to do with prayer and fasting? I don't know, but I thought I would tell you. <laughs> we do know. God knows that he has a way and a purpose and a place for our life, and we have a reason for being who we are. And... What, we, what you believe about your purpose and value affects how you think and feel and react to circumstances, even how you approach God. So whenever we are looking at the value, your God-given identity, how you think of you and the purpose for which you were created. You see, in our Sunday school lesson, it was, it was great, I loved it, about how that we are to, how that God, how that Jesus gave up everything that he was to become a man. And that he often, he often says, I've come to do the will of my father. And I do what I see my father doing. So here we are in our life, here and now. What do we see our father doing, our heavenly father what do we see him, what do we see God wanting to accomplish? And that's where prayer and fasting come in. Because we are setting ourselves up to go beyond this natural, sinful nature to aligning our spiritual nature with what God wants. And he does, in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus talks about fasting. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their face that their fasting may be seen by others, truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. I think the people who have been hurt most by religious people, <laughs> or the religious people who hurt people, others the most, are those who set themselves up to be better than. And they are not better than. <laughs> they are, you know, Jesus never put himself above anyone. He went and he was always with the, the, the tax collectors, and in those days, those were the really bad guys. He, he hung around people who weren't religious because the religious people at that time had taken on hypocrisy. They, were, they made a bunch of rules and laws that nobody could live up to and 
they went around touting that they were better than everyone. And they, they, um, Jesus was always confronting them. So in our life, we have to see the good that is in people, even if they don't see it in themselves. That we see something that is different that God is wanting to do in us that perhaps they don't have it in their own life. They've, they've somehow missed the picture, the image that God has for them. They haven't discovered their God-given identity. They've made one up. Well, so it, have you identified then who God is? Think about it. Have you identified who God is? If you were to define God, what would you define him as? What would, when you think of God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit, when you think of God, what do you think of? You know, what are, how would you put it in a few words? <laughs> Not in ten pages, but in a couple words. And that's kind of what our image of God is like. But is that, does that image that you have, we have, does it match up with what the scriptures say is the image of God? He's not trying to get even. He's not trying to punish. He's trying to get us to move closer to what he wants, that God-given identity. He has his grace and his mercy wanting to lead us and guide us in the path of righteousness, the rightness of life, so that we might find fulfillment and purpose in who we are and in the giftings that we have. So he is our Savior, he is our Lord, he is our Redeemer, he is our provider, he is our friend. <laughs> He's our companion. I mean, all the, and more. So whatever we need, he is that to us and more. <laughs> so whenever we see that Jesus is telling the people to fast, he, is, he says, Moreover, when you fast, be not like the hypocrites of sad countenance, they disfigure their face that they may appear unto men to fast. See, the, the Pharisees in particular, they would fast twice a week. And when they were fasting, they would uh, tell everybody. They would, you know, be like drama. They would be this drama king. You know, oh, I can hardly make it through the day. I've been fasting for God, you know, and doing this they were an actor. They would have won performances, performing on the street corners and telling everybody how great they were and how, how spiritual they were and how bad those people were because you don't do what we do. That was kind of why Jesus didn't, didn't. He always confronted them. So fasting is a deliberate abstinence from physical gratification, going without food for a period of time. We have different kinds of fasts. Uh, some people have a total fast, which means without nothing. Have you ever done blood work? Well, they tell you don't, don't eat or drink anything for 12 hours. That's a fast. <laughs> um, some people do it to lose weight. But in this case, fasting is taking time and depriving ourselves of something that for a spiritual gratification, that we are giving up saying no to some physical thing and focusing on a spiritual thing. Now, Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. That's not what we're talking about. You know, very few people have ever been able to do that, and there were a lot who, 
years ago that they would go to the Middle East and they would go out on these 40-day fasts to, f to follow Jesus and they found them dead. <laughs> you know, they, they couldn't do that. So often I've known people to go on a, a fast for one meal, you know, don't, not eat lunch. Spend the time in prayer. Spend the time in prayer and seeking God. Some people, you know, uh, gave up meat for a week. Gave up uh, eating dessert. <laughs> but that's not just to lose weight. That is to then spend time in prayer. We're denying something in order to look for something or, or, or to come closer to God. So the, an absolute fast is nothing. No food or water. Some people have water. Some people, you know, so you have to do some background study on that and you'll find out more about what fasting is. But how long should I fast? Well, like I said, with certain blood tests, they want you to fast for 12 hours. Can you imagine what your blood test would be if you went out and had uh, three candy bars and a double hot fudge sundae and went to the, have your blood draw? <laughs> your blood work would be way out of whack. So, so, Fasting and prayer is we're giving more time to prayer. That when you fast, you can use the time you'd normally spend eating as a time in prayer for what God wants to do among us during this time in your life. So when things are, well, the, the story I have here is in Nehemiah. It says that in Nehemiah chapter 1, it says, They answered, they answered, Nehemiah, the Jews who escaped captivity are in the land of Judah, are in much trouble. They are having many problems and are full of shame because the wall of Jerusalem is broken down and the gates have been burned with fire. Then Jeremiah says, or Nehemiah says, when I heard this about the people of Jerusalem and about the wall, I sat down and I cried. Okay. I was very sad. I fasted and prayed to God of heaven for several days. Then I prayed this prayer. You see, being able to face difficulty, being able to go through uh, times of turmoil is, you know, we can be very sad, we can be very frustrated, we can be very difficult. We sit down and we deal with the emotion, we deal with the problem, we look at the problem, and then we, we physically and emotionally respond to it. I prayed, and then I fasted, and I prayed to God of heaven. Then he says, Lord, God of heaven, you are the great and powerful God. You are the God who keeps his agreements of love with people who love you, and obey your commands. One of the things about taking some time, and we can, uh, you know, giving up uh, a half hour of TV, <laughs> or an hour getting up earlier, or spending an hour before you go to bed, or 15 minutes, whatever, if it's five minutes. If you haven't done any, spend five minutes. And the idea is to spend some time just thinking about the scriptures meditating on them, not trying to read the whole Bible in one setting. Take a chapter, take a verse, take something and allow that verse and allow that devotional to speak to your heart. Because in a moment of crises, it is the word of God spoken to our heart that will give us the strength that we need for that time. 
You see, what we're doing then in Nehemiah was that here is this disaster that has overcome and overtaken Jerusalem. And he can't do anything about it where he is at. So what he does, he, I sat down. You ever, you know, I've got some bad news. You better sit down. When you hear the news, it's so sad, it breaks your heart and you cry. I was very sad. And I started to fast and pray. I decided I wasn't going to eat anything. But I decided also that I would pray. You see, so our prayer and the things that we are saying no to, it's very important that we say no to these things and at the same time saying yes to God. Saying yes to God in our hearts and praying and so on. It can be, I've known people to just eat vegetable soup for a week. You know, three times a week, three times a day, they would have vegetable soup. But they'd have their soup and then they would go and pray. Taking the time to put aside something for something else. Uh, In Acts chapter 13, verses 2 and 4, these men were all serving the Lord and fasting when the Holy Spirit said to them, appoint Barnabas and Saul to a special work for me. They're the ones that I have chosen to do this. So when, when the, 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 the group of the disciples, they were praying and fasting, they didn't know exactly what it was for, but God came and spoke to them, separate me, Barnabas and, and uh, Saul. So in the Bible, fasting is always connected with prayer. All right? So what is it like to pray? We've spoken about this in the last couple of weeks with the Lord's Prayer and so on. But how do I pray? Well, know whom you are speaking to. That may seem a little odd. Know whom you were speaking to. We are not, we are not speaking to the force of the universe. <laughs> we are not speaking to the energy of space and around us. We are speaking to God, Jehovah, the God who created the heavens and the earth. We are speaking to Jesus Christ, who, who was here, who lived and died and rose again from the dead and is seated at the right hand of the Father, know to whom you are speaking. I am praying and I am speaking to Jesus Christ. Know what we are asking. It's not general. Well, I'm just praying for everybody in the world. No. Be specific. What is it that when God answers your prayer, how are you going to know he answered your prayer? It's got to be specific. In the same token, we're going to be thankful. We're not bogged down with what's wrong with us. We are are thankful for what is right with us. And we are thankful that God is the provider and he's the one who's going to see us through. So whenever we are praying, we're speaking to Christ. We are speaking specifically about what it is that we need. We are being thankful. And also, (laughs) we're asking God for his will to be done. God, your will be done. In the Lord's Prayer, thy will be done in in earth as it is in heaven. In heaven, there are no obstacles to God's will. In our life, we want no obstacles to his will. So we always are being forgiven. If there is any sin, so we pray for forgiveness. God, make, you know, 
Every Sunday, or whatever, every Sunday we take communion. First thing we, you know, we always is, God, forgive us of any sin, thought, word, or deed, whether intentional or unintentional. Father, forgive us so that there's nothing hindering our relationship with God and there's nothing hindering the answer to our prayer because we are aligning ourselves with the spiritual nature of God who is the spiritual nature in us. You know, he is here walking with us. He's inside of us that our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are the place where God dwells and he's happy to be here. Are we happy for him to be there? <laughs> with joy. So, um... Be specific, say what you need, ask for forgiveness. Pray for a friend. See beyond your own personal needs to the needs of others, but be specific. Pray the word. Pray the scriptures. Pray the promises. God, you said that you would supply all of my needs. God, you said nothing is impossible with you. God, you said, so this isn't a, a hammer that we're bringing over God. This is a declaration of our heart speaking the word of God. And, and it's, it's, it's an alignment. When we're praying the word and he is the word, we're uniting the word together in our lives and in our prayers for what's about us. There are vocal prayers that we pray aloud. There are spoken or sung prayers you ever hear people sing their prayers? Generally, it's somebody who can sing and carry a tune. <laughs> I don't sing my prayers, no. <laughs> uh, in school, in, in seminary, we had, uh, there were a couple, of these, a couple of girls, ladies. They were beautiful singers. And there, there were times in which the whole place would be in prayer, and these, these ladies would be singing in the spirit and in their prayers. It was like angels echoing through the, through the building. It was beautiful. There are mental prayers that we just think. There, there are meditative or contemplative prayers. There are um, prayer and praise. There are petitions. There are intercessions. There are thanksgiving. You see, there's many things that we can do in making our prayers and formulating our prayers. And it's important that we see how God is at work in all of these things. One of the things I think of that whenever we spend time with God, there's an anointing. There's a special presence of God on our life. We call it the anointing. What it, what it is is that we, we feel in our heart and we know in our spirit that when we speak, this is going to happen called the anointing. It's the anointing that removes burdens. That's like, you know, we feel just in our spirit something is really wrong. And there is this prayer and we pray and, God, and we're praying and we're asking God and he kind of, and God breaks that bondage. He breaks that burden in our life and he gives us peace. That comes from God. That comes from the Holy Spirit. Um, anointing is an empowerment that you know, I don't think I can go on. The empowerment of the Holy Spirit upon our life, we can do this. I didn't bring you this far to turn back. I didn't bring you here to say no to where you want to go forward. It's important that we see the hand of God upon our life and recognize there are, 
There is important reasons that God wants us to do certain things a certain way. Because God wants to protect us and he wants to provide for us. The anointing is what enables you to do supernatural things. Doesn't mean you can walk on water. But we can say to this mountain, be moved. That we can say to an obstacle in our life, God, this has been there for too long. I'm praying and I'm believing that it will go away. You will make it go away. We can pray for people who are sick and believe that God is going to heal them and he's going to restore them because God speaks that to our heart. That's that anointing that we feel. See, there is, an, there is this understanding of the scriptures that says, the prayer of faith shall save the sick and they shall raise them up. But there is an anointing, so we go through, we do the, as it were, the ritual, we follow the word. But then there is an anointing that comes at that moment that says, deep within our heart, this is going to happen right now. Or this is going to happen over a period of time. It's something that we know in our heart, and we cannot know that unless we are connected on the spiritual plane with God. The natural plane says, well, we prayed, but nothing ever happens when I pray. But see, that's the natural. The spiritual is the supernatural. And God is the one who directs that. And when you fast and pray, do not look gloomy <laughs> like the hypocrites. For they disfigure their face and their fasting may be seen by others. And truly, I say, they have received their reward. But when you fast... Anoint your head and wash your face. Understand that I am in relationship with God and this is the best place I could ever be. This is the most productive I can ever become. It's whenever I am in the presence of God that I may feel his presence and understand his word and I have strength to conquer mountains. <laughs> I have strength to run up mountains and go down the other side. I have an anointing from the Holy Spirit and in secret by your father who is in secret you know I've been paying attention to this because that we've been talked about the same word in a few scriptures before this secret is I don't have to tell you what's going on but God who works behind the scenes you know when you do good to others you do it not to be noticed hey everybody look here I'm doing good for this person here you don't do it to be noticed. You do it behind the scenes to take care of them. Do you ever look, you've been praying about something, and notice that when it came, comes to that event, everything just runs smoothly? Just like it was supposed to be. It's like, wow. Yesterday at the wedding, <laughs> we had the Friday night, we had rehearsal. It was a bit chaos. <laughs> lots of little kids. Lots of personalities. Lots of, you know, and just, you know, it's just lots of people. Lots of different things. Not very many of them are church. But, you know, we prayed. Prayed that people's spirits would be quieted and that God's presence would settle upon our lives and that everybody would be at peace. And everything just flowed in that entire service like it was supposed to. It just was so natural that it was supernatural. <laughs> okay? 
Now, had we not prayed, would it have done the same thing? Maybe. But see, that's how we know God is at work behind the scenes because it looks like it's just naturally happening. (laughs) That's God. Why? Because you prayed. You see, and that's the supernatural that is work in our life, and that's the supernatural that is here. Whenever we pray, we are believing that God is going to take his word and he's going to empower us and empower our thoughts and that the anointing of the Holy Spirit will settle upon our lives and we will sense God's presence. We will sense that he is with me. And whenever I pray, I am expecting good things to come. I'm expecting three little kids to walk down the aisle with baskets and a, and, a, and a pillow. And they're going to be just perfect. And they were. <laughs> so this is, you know, these are the things. It was just so natural. It's just like, well, it's, hey, we've done this a hundred times. Watch, you know. And so I, I close with that. No, I don't. Uh, I'm going to read Deuteronomy uh, 28. And, and just bear with me and we'll, we'll close with this. Now, if you, be, now if, if you will be careful to obey the Lord your God and follow all his commands that I tell you today, the Lord your God will put you high above all the nations of the earth. If you will obey the Lord your God, all these blessings will come to you and be yours. Okay? Spending time with God, recognizing God is with us. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 1 through 14. He will bless you in the city and in the field. He will bless you and give you many children. He will bless your land and give you good crops. He will bless your animals and let them have many babies. He will bless you with calves and lambs. He will bless you with baskets and pans and fill them with food. He will bless you at all times in every, everything you do. The Lord will help you defeat your enemies. The Lord will bless you and fill your barns. He will bless everything you do. The Lord your God will bless you in the land that he is giving you. He will do what he has promised. The Lord will make you his own special people. Verse 10, I'm skipping some of these. I'm not reading the entire verse. Then all the people in that land will see that you are called to be the Lord's people, and they will be afraid of you. (laughs) In the sense, there's just something about them. We can't touch them. (laughs) That's the presence of God. Verse 11, and the Lord will give you many good things, and he will give you many children. He will give your cows many calves. This was the big thing. It's an agricultural society. They've got to have land and cows and calves and they've got to have this this whole idea of they're flowing with milk and honey. It means there's got to be lots of bees. And if there's lots of bees, there's lots of flowering plants and lots of uh, clover and and things for the animals to eat. Verse 12. The Lord will open his storehouse where he keeps his riches. He will send rain at the right time He will bless everything you do. You will have money to lend to many nations and you will not need to borrow. The Lord will make you be like the head and not the tail. You must not turn away from any of my teachings that I give you. You must not turn away to the right or the left. 
You must not follow other gods, but you will keep my commandments and you will be blessed. Amen? Let's stand. So, we pray. We are specific. We are aligning ourselves, not with our old nature. I'm not good enough. I can't do this. I can't do that. We're aligning ourselves with our spiritual nature, which says, I can do all things through Christ, that I will, God will bless us, and he will lead us, and he will guide us, and we will find our true spiritual identity, God-given identity. Father, thank you that you have spoken your word to our hearts, and we rejoice in knowing that you have saved us for a purpose. You have changed us for a calling. You have touched us that we might be empowered. And Lord, you love us that we might be loving others. So Lord, thank you. Thank you for being our savior and our friend. Thank you for being our constant companion. Thank you, Lord, for the blessings you have bestowed upon us already. Thank you, God, for the blessings that are still coming. For, Lord, we know we are yours, both now and for eternity. And you, God, will make a way for us where there is no way. But you are there, Lord, and you are the way, the truth, and the life. Thank you, God, that we can pray your word in our lives and over our lives. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Mm-hmm.